Okay, welcome here, everybody. Welcome to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. I'm here with Shelby Stewart, my co-host. Uh, I myself, Carolyn Kaler, um, and then we are here with Sherry Harbridge this morning, um, and she is going to speak to us about mom life and because she is a mom of five, you guys. So she's got some experience in this area. <laughs> um, and they're um, super interested in ranching and farming and they're starting, have plans to start up their own ranch and have worked on ranches with lots of experience in the area. And she also rides horses. So that's awesome. They have an online business as well um, that they run. So they're super active, um, really busy. She's obviously busy. I mean, even with two kids, I'm busy. So five, I can't even imagine. But anyways, we are going to talk to her today about just being a really patient and present mother and how to go about like some tips and stuff that she has or learned over the course of her um, experience for just being a patient and present mom. So I'm going to let her take over now. So tell us about yourself. How did you come to be a uh, rider, a mother, and an online business owner, and in the ranching scene. What's your journey been like? Oh, thanks for having me on here. It's such an honor. Okay, I'm excited to share. Hi, this is Shelby. And Carolyn. We are two Canadian prairie ladies, raising babies, riding horses, and living the country life. We are on a journey to find health and wealth while building our ranches, and we want to share the journey with you. In this podcast, you can expect to hear us share our own experiences, as well as interview other inspiring humans. We'll cover topics such as human health, horse health, barrel racing, building a ranch, and so much more. We are ready to dig into the tough conversations like mental health, motherhood, farming challenges, finances, you name it. You will walk away from this podcast with tips, tricks, and strategies that will have you finding more joy and peace in your journey. We know there's a lot of juggling that goes into this lifestyle because we are living it. And as a nurse myself and Carolyn with a master's in animal science, we have a lot to bring to the conversation. So grab your coffee to go, throw on your messy bun and muck boots. Let's head to the barn and chat because we have business to take care of and we're sure you do too. Welcome to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. So tell us about yourself. How did you come to be a uh, rider, a mother, and an online business owner and in the ranching scene? What's your journey been like? Oh, thanks for having me on here. It's such an honor. Okay, I'm excited to share. I did not grow up on a ranch. We had just a little acreage farm, so my parents gave us a lot of animal experience. My dad was a butcher, so I knew more about butchering animals and what they look like dead than alive. Um, <laughs> my husband, he did not grow up on a ranch either, but he always, always wanted to be a cowboy. That was his dream and most of his brothers as well. So when we got married though, my husband, he had a really, a bigger desire was for family. That was his bigger mission over being a cowboy. And so he was like, I can't be a cowboy because I don't get paid enough to wow. have a good family. Your husband That's and my husband should meet. I'm sorry for interrupting, but this is like, <laughs> I'm just having deja vu here. Go on. Sorry. 
but I saw his love for ranching and just how much he actually really loved it. He loves the ground, the soil. Like we can't drive someplace without him scanning the fields and, and just telling us what he observes and all oh, this needs to be done or that. <laughs> like it's just in his blood. He loves just, yeah, that's, it's just in his blood. That's the best way that I can describe it. So after a few years of marriage, um, my husband was also got sick with Lyme. And so that led us down a whole different journey. We wanted family time. He was sick with Lyme. And um, I guess I just saw that the ranching lifestyle created a really good family lifestyle. So not only did he love it, but I felt like I just wanted our kids to be able to, I wanted them to be able to go with dad and go see what's going on in his workplace. And there's not very many workplaces that kids can go with their dad. It's pretty rare. Like obviously there's things on the ranch they can't do too, but it's so much more family friendly. Anyway, Uh um, we went to this first ranch after we were married and it was a 2000 head uh, ranch and we just fell in love with it. I guess we realized that we could make it. We were up north driving truck and stuff because my husband can drive truck and we were like, do you know what? For the cost it takes for us to pay for utilities and everything we could go work on this ranch down south and because they provided all the housing and everything and in the end Mm -hmm. we ended up with a similar um income in the end after expenses were paid and everything so we're like we can do this and so we did it and we were so excited like my husband was so excited to actually be able to do the work that he had always dreamt of doing and I loved it we we just loved it so much we ended up working on Um, we've worked on four different ranches in that space of time since we were first married and each place you learn new skills (laughs) because they all do (laughs) just a little differently right so we really appreciate the different skills that we learned from the different places how how differently you can do things um well in this whole journey my husband was also dealing with Lyme which led us to products and which led us to a business opportunity you have to know that I'm also a business person I at when I grew up my parents always were being like get a business it's the best it's the best thing that you can do so before I was married I raised dogs Labradors I bred and sold labs cool so I thought well I might do that to make an extra income on the side because we could live on the ranch but we couldn't get ahead in life on the ranch so I was like, I might, you know, sell dogs or something, but through Wes's illness and everything, I found an online business and my whole world blew up because I was like, you mean I can make residual income? Like the whole concept <laughs> of residual income was so out of my realm. And then I was like, you mean we actually could make an income that one day we could actually buy a ranch? Like I was just like our whole world just completely opened up. Not only were we able to live the life, but we could actually run it. We're so going to have to have an entire podcast episode on that subject, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear more about it. So yeah, I just started, because doing business is something that I love, I, I just, I guess motherhood doesn't take up all of my mental space, and I feel like I do mothering better when I have more outlets and stuff. I love that my kids can watch me do a business and I can involve them in the 
business and it creates, it is actually what creates the lifestyle that we are wanting to raise our kids in. So our business is actually a really huge part in the whole thing. It's our family thing because we all are heading in this direction of having, you know, cattle and we're wanting to get into farm to table is what we're wanting to get into. So does that answer that question? It certainly does. Yeah. <laughs> so you talk a little bit about your kids and the goals that you have, but how did you find yourself sharing words of wisdom about raising kids with patience of all things and teaching respect, which is huge and such a tough job. And me as a mom, I, and everybody out there that's moms would agree with that. So what kind of drew you to it? Well, it actually really starts with my mom. My mom was really good at casting vision and I caught the vision for motherhood from my mom, but I was also the second oldest of seven and I watched her raise my younger siblings and I saw the struggle of motherhood. So I wasn't one of those moms coming into motherhood with a fairy tale idea and then having my expectations dashed. That wasn't my story. I, was, I saw the struggles of motherhood. And so when I was probably like 14, 13, I started reading every book that I could find on parenting. So it's, I guess it's something I'm interested in. I wanted to be a mother and I wanted to figure out how I was going to do, face these struggles that I saw in motherhood. So it started with my mom, but then it moved into just, I love observing mothers and how they're doing, what struggles they're facing and how to overcome those struggles. And then I became a mom and um, I guess it just continues to be a passion of mine. I'm always studying into it. A couple of years ago, I started feeling really strongly that I needed to be talking about it verbally because it was something I was passionate about, but I felt really insecure talking about it because I didn't want any mom to feel like I knew how to raise their children mm -hmm. because I know how much in the end only the mom can really decide what needs to be done and I didn't want anyone kind of following me because I guess that was a big thing for me is I don't follow any certain person I just glean from people and I get inspired and get ideas and I feel like it's really important for mothers to own the motherhood like to be the final say I guess and it's so easy to to be put into the pedestal place where someone just takes what you say and kind of is just in a following mode and I didn't want anyone to do that because I feel like that's really like a, really detrimental so um I was really afraid to talk about motherhood even though I was super passionate about it and if you were to pull back the curtain of fear you would see that I had a lot I wanted to share and say so it took me about two years to pull back that fear curtain and be like, actually, this is not, that fear is not needed here. So um, yeah, I love sharing, but I love being involved in other mothers' lives and just giving them creative ideas. Cause I feel like that place of curiosity and interest and that desire I have for digging into motherhood, I like to pass that on to other moms because it's like, of course, we're not gonna know how to do everything, but that's part of the fun of it we get to figure out ways of how to, how to do this. So, yeah. That's very admirable. I love your perspective on that. <clears throat> and absolutely. Okay. So uh, this was my favorite question as I was brainstorming questions to ask you. 
Um, what are your top tips for taking your kids riding and teaching them to ride? <laughs> I'm just starting on this, uh, on this endeavor with my kids. And I see some ladies online that are, are like their little five-year-old is loping circles and stuff. And my, <laughs> and Chloe's just like on her mini horse walking. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I would love any tips. Um, not that like every kid at any stage of however they are comfortable riding is perfect but I just yeah I'd love to hear your perspective on this yeah well I feel like my story is basically all I can share because I'm a new rider and so my kids are watching me learn how to ride and so I'm basically showing them the same way I'm learning you know I love horses I love riding but there's also fears involved with riding because you don't want to get hurt yeah (laughs) so and I fear for my kids too. <laughs> I don't want to pass that to them. I'm kind of like, if I feel comfortable on that horse, then I feel comfortable with my kids on that horse. <laughs> it's kind of how I feel. So I think in some ways I have an advantage because I'm learning with my kids. I don't know if you want to call it an advantage, but it definitely creates a different scenario. Groundwork, I feel like is extremely valuable in helping them get confidence because when they know how to operate that horse on the ground I just see that they're more confident in the saddle and Mm -hmm. I'm the same way when I feel like I can I understand how to move the horse and how to work with them I learn their body cues and all that sort of stuff I just feel more confident so it kind of transfers over to my kids the other thing is you know how if you play hockey if you don't play hockey and you're skating you can feel a unsure on your skates but once you start playing hockey you can kind of just chasing that puck around gets you distracted from skating I feel it's the same way on horseback if you're just riding you're kind of all focused on riding which there's nothing wrong with that but when you get out there and start focusing on the cows or something it it makes it so you're not really focused so much on what you're doing so I just see my kids when they we got a good enough horse that whether West tethers the horse behind him and he's going and checking the cows. So it's a fairly, he's just checking the cows. They don't have to do anything fast necessarily. Um, but sometimes they have to, you know, they're covering a lot of ground out here. We live in the prairies. <clears throat> so they definitely have to trot or lope just because there's so much ground to cover. Um, but I just noticed the kids really progress in their riding when they're out there with Wes because they're just not focused on the riding anymore. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the best I have on that one. Well, and even us growing up, like as kids, my parents, like we come from, they don't come from a riding background, but they got into it and they taught us. And yeah, we started with a lot of ground stuff and obviously working with horses and cattle that were good with kids, right? Like that they trusted and then we trusted it and went from there. So it's awesome. Love that advice. But go back going back to motherhood aspect (laughs) we've all been in a situation where we feel anxiety creeping in and we're about to be that you know in quotations what we feel is like the crazy mom out (laughs) but do you have any tips for keeping yourself from freaking out or exploding on your kids because I know ranch life can be exhausting as it is but add kids in the mix like my little girl's just starting to wander around so (laughs) I'm like I let her do things but I have so much anxiety about her, you know, like falling or being where she's not supposed to. So can you, can you, um, yeah, give your perspective on that. (laughs) Yeah. When you gave this question, you know how every question, there can be so many different angles of what, 
a person's thinking around it. Mm -hmm. So I definitely, because I don't want my kids to get hurt, I definitely feel way more anxiety around little kids, around animals and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's basically the kids aren't allowed to be around the horses or anything unless they're with Wes or I. And I guess that makes me feel comfortable just because I, I have a relationship with them that I know they're following my lead, I guess, and they're teachable and that sort of thing. But actually when I, when I read this question, what I was thinking about was um, just in parenting in general, when a person is feeling that anxiety creep up is kind of what I was thinking. So mm-hmm. I'll talk about that as well. First off, I want to say my mom was really sick when I was young, my husband was sick. And so I understand there's a big difference between a normal mom that is feeling anxiety creeping up or whatever, compared to someone that is actually dealing with some sort of health struggle. I just want to clarify that because um, it's really common for even a mom to be hard on herself because she feels like she should be more balanced and able to control her emotions. But in reality, her body might be dealing with stuff and you're actually dealing with a totally different ball of wax. There is support for this side as well, um, but I just want to make sure that you understand that what I'm about to say is not really talking to the mom that is struggling with her body in some way. I'm solely talking about the mom that is just dealing with normal mom life. <laughs> so, one of the first things um, that I teach my kids, and it's, it's how to relax. One of the first things I teach my kids, and it's something that um, I think it was kind of passed down from my dad. My dad is really good with just rolling with the punches and just playing relaxing. Uh, And you can see a difference in kids when the parent is relaxed compared to the parent that's not relaxed. Mm -hmm. The parent that's not relaxed, they're kind of, they actually create a lot of issues just because of how they're feeling. And so I guess I really just don't believe that there's very few true emergencies in, in motherhood. There's actually very few true ones. And even in an emergency situation, being able to be calm in an emergency situation is if you take any first aid, anything, just learning how to be calm in that situation is vital to be able to deal with the situation. So, and I guess just because I was a child in a home where my mom was ill and I saw her struggle, it made me really, really aware of how it feels to be a child in a home where your parent might be stressed. And so I really, in a very deep part of me, realized how much kids want to know what we're feeling instead of us just trying to hide it. So if I'm feeling stressed out, I literally tell my kids, mom just feels really overwhelmed right now. And in that moment, it gives me this space to create space for me to be relaxed, to kind of chill out for a second and then keep on moving forward. So I don't really believe there's an emergency so bad that I can't create that space. It's very rare that there's actually a situation like that. Um, And so it's the same way I teach my kids how to relax. Being relaxed isn't about having everything relaxed around you. It's about knowing how to be relaxed in everything that's going around you. So, and it starts with with how we position our body. So sometimes you just hold very still because when you hold your body still, 
it helps you to start feeling more still. So sometimes my kids will just see me just observing them. They might be kind of fighting or whatever, and their fighting makes me feel kind of frustrated in that moment because maybe I have other things in my head that's got to get done or whatever. And I'll just stand there and look at them for a second and just give myself, I give in myself a space of quietness instead of, um, because just because everything else is noisy doesn't mean my world has to be noisy. So I just stand there and look at them for a second and just give myself that space. Um, so it's, it doesn't have to be even necessarily tied to your kids, but just in any situation in your life, when you feel that rising up inside of you, just practice chilling out for a second, just chill out and just relax. And then from there, you can move forward. So that's my biggest tip. Take a breather. <laughs> yeah. I definitely do that. <laughs> well, sometimes it's so simple, right? Like you yeah. think about it and it's so simple, but us as moms, sometimes in the moment you just get, you're like, oh, I can't, right? Like, yeah. yeah, no, that's an amazing tip. Yeah, love that. Yeah, once it becomes just part of your, your way of life, it doesn't have to be necessarily your kids that are making things worse. Just any area of your life, you can just being relaxed and just, just purposely to be calm and relaxed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so true. Just taking that step back and being like, okay, I can feel myself getting overwhelmed. Let's yep. take a step back. That can really help. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's so- okay if milk spills on the floor. Just watch it spill <laughs> for a second. <laughs> <laughs> hard but doable yeah yeah (laughs) I think there's a reward to to it like once you learn how to do that you start feeling the reward of your home and how much smoother it flows and then you start your brain actually starts realizing that oh I rec it's sort of like fear when I first started facing fear oh it's hard to face fear but once you face fear consistently you start recognizing and going, oh, you're just fear. Never mind. <laughs> I feel it's the same thing with this. It's like, at first, it can be like, whoa, this is overwhelming. But once you face it really consistently, you start clearly identifying it. And it doesn't have the same power anymore. Mm-hmm. Another parenting situation that people probably, well, I run across all the time is you find yourself repeating the same things over to your kids and they just like, it's like, they're like tuning it out or something. They just can't even hear it anymore. Um, do you have tips for parents like that are dealing with that situation where they are continually repeating yeah. themselves the same things? Yeah. So I just observe myself and I was thinking of the area of habits, like maybe picking something up. That was a situation I was imagining with this question mm. is like, constantly telling them to maybe put their boots away or pick up their coat or put the toy away or whatever it might be and it feels like a constant thing and when I back this all up for me this is how I see it part of it is expectation and part of it is the age of the child if the child is young I expect to tell them a lot Mm -hmm. and so I don't it's not a problem that I'm telling them I don't I'm not expecting to really, um, I'm not passing on the ownership of that situation to them yet. I'm still carrying the ownership of them remembering to pick up their stuff and developing that habit. So if, if it was an area of habit, for example, 
for a child, I would expect to be telling them, it's like, okay, now it's time to pick up your toys or, okay, after you take your jacket off, hang it up. So I'd be expecting to tell them. When it becomes an older kid, like my kids, my older kids now are, I'm eight and nine or 10, he's just about 10. Um, obviously that ownership of that habit becomes there, something I'm wanting to pass that on to them. Um, compared to my little ones that you're just teaching them how the flow of life, right? So for my older ones, it's a big thing of, I actually have to transfer the ownership of that habit to them. And that's probably one of the biggest things that causes this constant repeating is that the ownership of that hasn't actually been given. And that's actually, that could be a whole podcast podcast in itself about how to transition ownership of something. But basically for me, um, it's been, it's in business that I've learned how to transfer ownership. And that's one reason why I love having a business is because it gives you a lot of experience of just working with people in general and leadership skills. And it's been so often that I've practiced in my business and been able to take those skills over to my kids because I, I, I know the feel of it because it's a certain feel ah. that you're going for of transfer of ownership. And so, um, you have to start thinking, how do I transfer the ownership of this job to them instead of it being the thing that I'm carrying all the time? So I'm repeating what I'm saying, but I'm actually wanting them to take complete ownership of it. So that was the scenario I was thinking, but there's so many different scenarios that I could dive into with that question. So that's just the one that I picked. <laughs> what do you actually mean when you say transfer of ownership? Do you like just describe it to them like I know you just said you could talk on a, a whole podcast yeah. episode on this let me <laughs> give the Cole's notes here <laughs> yeah ownership is when they it's something that they want to be so I generally I'm talking to them about who they want to be when they grow up and I talk about so they are thinking about who they want to be how they want their life to be and the impact of their choices on their life and so, and it's not in a condemnation type way that I'm having this conversation. When I'm talking to them, it's very much more of a coaching position that I'm taking. It's like, so what, how do you want to be in your life? Did you, do you know how, if you were to develop this skill, do you know how this would benefit you? It's very much giving, when I'm talking to them, they are the one choosing who they want to be and how it's going to impact them. And for the most part, I get their buy-in because they catch the vision for why this is even important to me and to them. And so that they start, instead of me telling them what to do, it becomes a thing where I'm just helping them accomplish what they want to do. So the door between me and them is very open with the struggles that they're having with doing that. It's not a thing where I'm getting on them for not doing it. It's a thing of, so what is the struggles you're facing as you're trying to develop this habit? So once that transfer of ownership has happened, how the conversation is made is totally different into the thing where they feel like mom is there helping them instead of mom being there and getting them to do something and they, they they're clueless of why and I guess when I work with adults in business I realize we think kids and adults are very different but working with adults is very similar to working with kids if you don't give ownership of something they don't show up <laughs> they just don't <laughs> you have to make it a priority to them they have to feel like it's something that is important to them too that makes total sense yeah mm -hmm. such big picture 
right? Like you think of such a, like a little task, like picking up their jacket, but then making it a whole big picture. Cause that would work for me too. So why wouldn't it work for our kids? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. So, um, so you talked about your kids and, um, I love the tips that you've given us too, but you keep talking about your business. So to mash them together, the words of being present is such a buzzword right now. What's your perspective on it? Do you think there's such thing as work-life balance, especially when you're working at home, right? It's so hard to do both at the same time, or that's kind of the feeling that I get from a lot of moms, right? Instead of balancing like me, right? Like I am a nurse, so I go to work. So why is that different than being at home? But yeah, what do you think about the work-life balance at home? That's such a good question. It's something that I've had to obviously face big time. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not a natural planner, balancer, organizer type person. And so uh, there was many years of my life in motherhood where I just went off inspiration to whatever inspiration. So my life was pretty unbalanced. (laughs) I was just focused on this and just doing that and then focused on this. But then our business got quite large. And I was like, I actually have to learn this skill for real, (laughs) not just, um, I can't just run in this scattered everywhere thing. So I started learning how to um, prioritize time, how to run a planner. Um, I learned so many skills on how to have multiple things running because I was like, I told my coach, I was like, I keep on dropping balls. I only hold one very well. And I was like, I need to hold at least three. And I was like, yep, you do. <laughs> so uh, it's been about two or three years on three years since I started learning those skills. Um, I'm, I actually just re- recently revisited that because I was finding that I was feeling a feeling of burnt out when I would look at my planner. And I wasn't quite sure why I was feeling that. And I realized it's because in this whole journey of learning how to prioritize and organize everything, I had lost sense of how I work. And I do work. I get fired up from being inspired by something and then I take action. That is how I function. So I've actually had to learn how to adjust how I plan to actually suit me. So that's a newer thing. And another thing I could dive into a lot, but I wanted to really say with this question here, It's not what we're doing, but how we're doing it. Mm. And what I mean by that is if my business is just my thing, this kind of connects to what I was talking about in the last question about um, the habits thing, giving ownership. If, If the ownership of the business is just me, then there's only a limited amount of time and energy that can go to that. But if it's the family's goal and priority, and I actually am looking for ways to include them in what I'm doing, it all of a sudden shifts this whole balancing act. And I actually like the term harmony over balance um, just because there's always seasons where different things take more focus. And especially for me, I'm a person where this day, this gets more focused, this day, this gets more focused, or this week, this gets more focused, or this month, this gets more focused, and it kind of shifts around, and that's just how I work, Um, that's how I work best, but when it comes down to it, 
if we're going out to do cows, I can just go do the cows or I can make it into a family thing and a business thing because I can not multitask, but I like to call it um, multiply my time. I can go out, take pictures and video, and I can be out there, which helps with my business and social media and everything. And I can make it a family time, plus it creates an, another stream of income for us. So it's one of those things that it's like, okay, something that could be just a singular part of our life has all of a sudden become more overarching. So it's more, you could call it more balanced just because of how mm -hmm. we're doing it rather than what we're doing. Does that make sense? I see okay. lots of business owners or, biz or moms that they end up doing the business alone. And so mm -hmm. it can only take a certain part of their day. And so they really are struggling with this balancing thing. And it doesn't take that much to actually shift it so it becomes a family thing. Like my, my kids, they get paid to take good pictures because <laughs> they, they, know, they know where we're going. This is how we make money as a family. I would pay someone else to take pictures of me. So I'll pay, this is the job for hire if you want to do it. Uh, it's a very simple thing my kids can do. They love to do it. And I get different shots and angles at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that would be an example of in a little kid way um, that they can be a part of what I'm doing. And that feeling of life being out of balance shifts when they're included in all those things that I'm doing. That's very cool. I had never <laughs> thought of that. Although my, I don't think I'd get any good pictures yet from my kids. <laughs> Just saying, that's, like. That's one idea. There's a lot of, <laughs> that's, that's another whole podcast in itself of how to include your kids. <laughs> Actually, oh, I yeah, a lot of totally. research on that. Because again, it's something that I do fairly naturally. So I'm really trying to observe what is it that I do to include the kids. So that could be a whole other podcast if you ever wanted to. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. Man, there's so many conversations we could keep going on here. <laughs> so you obviously, oh, speaking of kids. <laughs> oh, I guess we're on a podcast. People can't see that, but her little boy just ran across the screen. <laughs> um, you obviously, you, you mentioned a coach and you obviously have a lot of other people that you respect and admire in your life, I'm sure. Um, mm -hmm. Can you name one that just pops out in your mind um, that our listeners might benefit from? Yeah. So there were so many people that came to my mind, <laughs> but I was like, how do I pick one? <laughs> um, but on Instagram, my husband and I love watching uh, Rachel Millard. She's under uh, Texas Ranch Mama. Probably a lot of people have seen her, but mm -hmm. they really include their kids in what they're doing. And you could tell their kids just feel so proud to be a part of the family ranch and the goings on that goes there. So she, cool. they really inspire us a lot. Um, I have another person. I have like four people on my list. I didn't know how to <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Bring them on. Um, Kinsey Artfitch. She's an artist and I've connected with her for about uh, four years now and she's just on Instagram as well but she's an amazing mom and artist and uh, I love following her and watching her and then there's people in like our real life like our community I was going to mention Bethany Old uh, there are ranchers in this area mm -hmm. that um, I just 
we're really good friends with them and I love how they they bring their kids and everything that they're doing and I just love that and then Laura Fair they were a big part in our learning how to ride horses and ranch and everything the Fair family we were on their ranch and um, their kids were older than ours and so uh, her husband, Dale, taught my husband a lot about cattle, <laughs> like a lot about moving <laughs> cattle on horseback and just how to, like he would take groups of cattle and move them miles alone. And Wes was like, I would love to be a tick on that horse, on that horse and just watch him work cattle. And so we just learned a lot from that family about just cattle and horsemanship and everything like that. Awesome. Love that. <laughs> oh, so many good resources too and support by the sounds of it yes <laughs> I love it. oh yes you have to have support <laughs> that's mm -hmm. where inspiration and everything comes so and new ideas <laughs> if you're open to them <laughs> yes all right well that rounds out all of our questions sherry so Thank you so much for joining us here on Ride Like a Mother. Your knowledge to help all of us ranch mamas and families will definitely come in handy on a daily and ongoing basis. I love the perspective you've given us and I can't wait to start utilizing these tips right now as I face new obstacles with our family and as my little one grows up <laughs> and becomes my personal photographer, hopefully. Um, <laughs> So thanks again, Sherry, and thank you to all of you that are listening right now. And we really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we have, and we will talk soon. Thanks, thank guys. You. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. All right. Thanks everybody for listening to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. I hope that the knowledge suits you well and that you can take it to your community. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. So hit that subscribe button and we would love your support and you can show that support by leaving us a review on your podcast platform or sharing this episode with somebody you think might find it interesting and valuable. We meet here every Thursday, same time, same place, and we will see, see you at the next, next jackpot. jackpot. <laughs>